What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? If you've been listening thus far, this is The Daily Grind. Carl Frederick Gallon III with the Society of Poets. I have my man Xavier here, somebody who I've been excited to get and have on board with this particular series of the Poets Society because, you know, again, having the conversation of poetry and its impact on our society and community at large is important. One of the people who I had actually had the opportunity to see as he had his own book reading, poetry reading, all that fun stuff. Xavier, thank you very much for being here. Thanks it for is having me here. Amazing to have made this happen to be on the um, the National Kidney Association here at Monks. It was great. I, I knew the signs, I see the signs, uh, but it's all right. We're outside. It's still a beautiful day. It is. Um, now. When I first met you, you were doing your poetry at the, and if I'm not mistaken, it was at Cafea. Oh yeah, yep. That was the Absolutely. first time I'd seen you, and I was I was taken by a lot of your delivery, by uh, just the just the 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 material at which you were delivering, the way you delivered it. You know, I imagine a lot of your education has to do with that. Yeah. Um, background. Um, yeah, absolutely. What is poetry for you? What sure. is it? What is that? Um, I, I, and I guess like it's something that's taken on different definitions for me throughout the years. I feel like I've used it differently. Again, like different um, various points of my life. I would say right now for me, um, and I've heard this term thrown around, especially like with, with Sean Lister and stuff, but I feel like it, it's definitely, um, it definitely sums up my ideas or my ideals or beliefs about poetry, but it's that it's, it's radical self-expression. It is um, an ability for you to uh, just <laughs> kind of draw in everything and anything in your life um, forming it into some kind of like malleable, you know, explosion of ideas and thoughts. Um, but ultimately, I mean, and too, I mean, people write for different reasons. For me, it's it's uh, a way for it's a way for me to vocalize thoughts, concerns, ideas. Um, so it is, and I don't want to say like it's like self-centered, but it is a um, almost like a cathartic experience for me. Something yeah. to um, help me grasp a lot of the ideas or, or just the things that I see in the world around me. Right. So, but yeah, also to kind of like um, a way for me to stay true to myself. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. And what would you say, how did you find poetry? Where Do you recall the age or the time at which you realized poetry was that medium? Sure. Um, I wrote, I mean, I did a little like poetry like in high school and stuff like that, mostly just for like assignments and things. Sure. Yeah. Um, I really got into songwriting first. That's where it kind of started. So um, I was in bands in high school, um, wrote some like acoustic, like singer-songwriter kind of stuff. Um, and then it wasn't really until uh, freshman year of college where I started to take poetry. Um, not that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but really started pursuing it, I guess you could say, seriously pursuing it. Um, I took several um, writers' workshop courses and poetry workshop courses. Um, one with um, the, the late uh, Dr. Adrian Lewis over at SMSU. And he was a, um, a huge catalyst for me uh, of like just, again, further pursuing my craft, kind of searching for my voice and whatnot. So it wasn't really until college um, when I started taking it seriously, um, and even then, like, I was really still just kind of only writing, uh, when I had to, um, you know, it was, I was in school, like, a lot of times, so, I mean, I was writing frequently, but, you know, during the summer and stuff, I guess I shifted from poetry to songwriting, so I, I was still writing just different, a different genre, essentially, I mean, I, whether it was poetry or, or songwriting, um, I was always writing something, yeah. at least. It was so. always, it was, you always had the pen to the pad for some yeah. way, reason. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What does inspire a lot of your writings? Where do you find the inspiration from it? Is it is it multiple facets? Is it just 
because as you said, it, it was just kind of being cathartic and being you. But mm-hmm. where does it come from? Where do sure. you find that? Um, a lot of uh, my early stuff was very much um, like internal, like sure. things that I was going through, a lot of emotions, and almost right. like affectatious, just like uh, you know, just trying to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. And but you know, that's the thing is like I feel like we all have to start somewhere. Like I tell yeah. my students that too. I'm like, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Like we all start off writing stuff that we might look back and be like what the hell was I thinking Um, but we have to start somewhere so a lot of the early stuff was yeah feelings and emotions Um, from there it's really grown I would say like right now a lot of the things that I write about um, are inspired by uh, politics um, inspired by race um, inspired by my students Um, I draw inspiration from again just like being a teacher like some of these things that I see my students going through um, or experiencing at their age, like I couldn't even imagine experiencing or going through or processing as an adult, you know, right. so right. Um, a lot from there. Um, music, art, um, I've really tried to, uh, and it was something that kind of came with age, but to try to step away from myself, uh. drawing inspiration from more like my feelings and trying to open myself up more to things around me. Right. Um, you know, and that could be, I mean, it might sound cliche, but just like, you know, if you seeing like a bridge or seeing a bird or something, like the other day, um, I just, and I, again, it's like, whenever I have an idea, I always have my phone with me, so I'm always like, on my notepad, like, just ideas down really quick, but like the other day, I was driving down the street, and I passed a gas station, and I looked up, and they had the American flag, you know, blowing in the wind, it was a super yeah. windy day, but um, it had been so windy that it had split the flag in half, like, horizontally, yeah. Um, along the red and the and the um, the white line, yeah, and that to me was like it was like a ripped flag, but it really like the minute I saw, it, I was like, well, shit, if that doesn't really represent the world right now, like or at yeah, least yeah, yeah. The, the United States, so yeah. I was like, there's something there. Yeah. So I started jotting down ideas and stuff, you know. So again, <laughs> just stuff like that, right. just trying to be a little more open to. So, do you think that? The idea of inspiration really is kind of derived around one's observations or ability to be observant about the world around them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and again, that's where, and I try, and I'm guilty of this too, but I feel like as people, like, we are kind of, um, I don't want to say like self-obsessed, but we turn inward a lot, you know, and it, it and it's hard to, um, to not do that, you know, to try to open up and be more observant to the things around you because, you know, it's, it's we kind of... I don't know. We grew up in these worlds, and especially like as a teenager, like I look at my, my students and stuff, like they're really, you know, they're they're just really consumed with like their world, yeah. like what's happening within their little bubble. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I definitely think inspiration, um, definitely is a, a product of trying to be more observant, not so much of yourself, but of yeah, the world around you. Right. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always tried to understand why or how inspiration kind of comes because, you know, ev- everybody writes differently. Oh, yeah. And I've always come to think that, you know, it, it's it, perhaps surroundings, where they're from, you know, influences these things that started as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how do we teach kids, you know, youth, how do we teach those who are interested to kind of see and use that awareness to be able to draft and put these things together is it teachable yeah 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 and I would say I would say that it is um, but it's it's it takes time sure and and especially too like with younger like with younger kids like I um, so you know I teach at Lincoln High School and I am the um, I'm the uh, faculty advisor for the poetry club at school and um, you know when we first started we got uh, a lot of poetry from students um, and a lot of it, again, in that, like, coming from that, that, that 
typical mindset or, or, or area of um, this is what I'm experiencing. This is how I feel. Right. And and again, it's 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 important. It's really important to address those feelings and to write about them because if you don't, uh, then it's just it's time becomes toxic. You know. Yeah. So I encourage my students. Like you know, I'll say continue to do this stuff, continue to write about how you feel and what you're going through. Yeah. Um, but also I'll say, you know, it's also important to um, take a take a break from that. Yeah. Because again, like you can get so wrapped up and consumed by what's going on in your head um, that it can almost kind of like, again, work against you and it kind of be a negative thing. So yeah. what I've tried to do is, um, you know, every time we meet, we meet every Friday after school. Um, what I'll try to do is I'll give them a writing prompt um, okay. that is geared away from the self um, or maybe about um, you know like about an object or about something that wouldn't necessarily reflect about not so much like their feelings but um, more of like an observation right um, and so gosh yeah I don't know like I think one was like if you had to describe how a color tasted <laughs> write a poem about that you know how your favorite yeah. color tasted and so again it's like there's still like a personal attachment because it's like okay it's my favorite color but you know you are kind of getting away from that stereotypical teenage kind of angsty writing right. stuff. So, but just to kind of open the door a little bit for them to try and become more observant. Right. Um, when it comes to perception and how we write for self, but also writing perhaps to kind of dictate or perceive the outside world, how do we navigate perception of self, but also the perception that other people might have when they read our material. Oh, absolutely. You know, because I feel that's a big thing, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's where it gets tricky, and I think part of it is, um, you know, one thing I try to tell my students, too, is that it's always important to, like, be, like, stay true to yourself. Right. Don't write for, um, I mean, yeah, don't write for other people. Right. Um, don't be afraid to branch out, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's like, you are writing, I don't think it's bad to write for yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there definitely is this, uh, you know, as people, we do have these concerns about perception and how and how we're taken. And I feel like as an adult, it's easier to kind of disregard those uh, those comments that we get. As a teenager, not so much. Like every day, these kids are consumed with the idea of, you know, how do I look in front of these people, or, or you know, um, how are they going to um, perceive me if I look this way? Right. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely tricky. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I, I, I can say all that I want to these students, like, you know, just try to try, try to be yourself, yeah. um, but it's, I guess, one of those things is, like, easier said than done, right. almost like, right. so, I don't know, but, I don't know, I think it's important, just to, as far as, like, writing, to start where you, oh, Live and in private, as always, how can we help you? It's, it's alright, what's going on? I don't have any cash on me, my brother. I'm sorry. I don't either, man. I'm sorry. Not a problem. Hey, you have a good one, brother. You have a good one. Stay warm out there, all right? Nice. There you go. Man. There you go. <laughs> Take care. Um, when it comes to writing, we have this idea that, you know, there, there's some people that I've found who write one and done, they draft it, that's it. That's what they've written down because they feel that at that moment that's all that they, they've said what they need to say. Sure, sure. And then there are those who find it that it is a necessity to have a few drafts because, you know, there's maybe they weren't able to get out everything that they wanted to. Yeah. Do you, it, 
do you agree, disagree? Is there is there a method to the way that you feel you're writing? You know, sure. How do you how do you direct that? Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly like as far as poetry, like I said, like the idea of like radical self-expression, like. I think it's there's no right or wrong way to do it, and I, again, it's that idea of like what works for you works for you. Yeah. I would say for me, um, I'm very much a person who like I I need drafts. Um, like I will, you know, I'll have an idea and I'll write stuff down, um, but it's never going to be the finished product. Right. Um, not right out of the gate, at least. I do admire the idea of um, like almost the the truthfulness of of a poem that like you write on the spot and then you just don't touch it ever again. Like I think that's a cool concept. I think with me, like my type A personality, like I just, I don't know if I could like, I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but yeah. then I don't know like how, if I would ever feel like comfortable with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, it's it's a lot of, um, uh, like I'll usually like what I've been doing recently is I'll, um, I'll create like a Google doc, like a running Google doc and just make page breaks for like each new poem or whatever. Right. Um, but really it's just like, I'll jot down ideas and I might have like a whole manuscript where I'm just, you know, I'll start working on one. I'm like, and I'll hit a wall. I'm just like, I think I'm, I've maxed out on, on what I can do for this poem today. Let me scroll through and see what else I have going on. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden maybe I'll pick up on another one. Right. And so it's just, it's working on poems from whenever I get the chance and then once I feel like I have like the the amount that I want for like a particular manuscript or whatever, then I'll go back through with a fine tooth fine tooth comb, and then it's um just say a revision and editing. So it's like me um, reading the poems out loud, yeah. trying to catch any like weird breaks, right. um, any you know like garbled language or anything like that, um, and then too like going back through and looking at imagery and whatnot. Right. But I feel like with my poems like. There is a, a, a certain, like, I think at least, like, a musical element almost in, like, the delivery. And, like, I play a lot with, like, alliteration. Yeah. Um, and so I want the sound a certain way. And so, yeah, it's a lot of me, like, reciting things out loud and just trying to make sure that I get, you know, I, 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 I get my readers to hear what I want them to hear. Um, so it's a process for me. Like, I'm trying to think... Um, the seeing sound so I have a new uh, new chat book um, that's out now nice. um, and I have a um, the book launch is going to be on the 17th of May and so like with that that was a project where it was um, a little over a year oh, wow. of like writing and then like revising and it's only I think it's like 15 poems so, so like, part of it, though, is, like, the scheduling. You know, it's, right, like, because right. I'm teaching classes and I'm doing my band right. stuff and all that stuff. Time so, yeah, it's, so, like, whenever I get a chance to, I'm reading books and stuff like that. So, but, yeah, it was, like, a year of, like, you know, picking. Uh, there are poems inspired by songs. So I was, right. like, picking the songs, listening to them, trying to write poems inspired by these songs. And then it was, you know, I'm making illustrations for the poems as well. And so, yeah, it was, like, over, like, a year for 15 poems. So, so you know, the, Having these write-ups, I've always felt that, you know, when it comes to poetry, I've always said that poems, poets and slam poets are only different based on their delivery. Yeah. In a weird way, you know, because you can have a poet who is a poet, and their verbiage and the way that they lay it out, their material, it, it's poetry. Yeah. But then you listen to a slam poet, and the only thing that I can tell between them is how they deliver the poem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've noticed that having drafts, allow you to be able to determine how you're going to deliver that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at least to, to have an understanding of why, the way you want the audience to perceive it. Yep. Almost as if, it, and I use the term fan-based fan kind of material, but, you know, you're writing for the audience versus yeah. the poet who's just kind of writing because they have this thought that they need to get out. Absolutely. Um, 
drafts have always seemed to do that, but almost in a way where you said, you know, drafts allow you to kind of look back and also potentially give you ideas for another poem that oh, you have. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Which, yeah. I, I would totally agree with that. Like, and I was, I'm a person who's like, and I tell this to my students too, like when they're writing papers and stuff, I'm like, never, like, if you're writing something um, and you're like unsatisfied with it, yeah. don't delete it right away. Like, maybe just like cut it and paste it somewhere else yeah. and continue to write because chances are like, yeah. maybe you can use it later in your paper. Maybe it's just in the, it's the wrong place at the wrong time kind right. of thing. So like, I will have, yeah, I'll have like ideas written up and I just might just be like, oh my God, that's total garbage. And I'll just like, I won't delete it though. Right, right. I'll just kind of like shift it somewhere else or move it around no. and then I'll come back to it and I'll read it and then it'll spark maybe like a stronger image or a stronger idea and I'll be like, all right, that is maybe where I was going or was trying to get to, but I wasn't quite there yet. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think it's, and it's good too to kind of look back and, and see, yeah, like where you, like where you were at that point in time and stuff, so. Nice. Um, diving a little deeper into the poet themselves. Sure. Uh, what impact do you want your poetry to have on those who read or hear it? Oh, sure. Yeah, and that is deep. <laughs> That's like hard. Um, I guess, you know, like, I guess I don't know if there's like one, like, specific thing I want people to experience I think you know like if they read it and and it moves them um to, to like maybe like want to write their like write, write their own stuff like right. that's awesome if it moves them and they're like eh, I think this is garbage then I'm like you gotta like there was some kind of emotion there so I'm like all right cool like I'm okay with that right. you know like I know that my poetry is not going to be everyone's cup of tea and stuff right. um but I guess I mean you know at the risk of like sounding like super trite and stuff like it is nice to, you know, hear people say, like, oh, man, like, this poem, it just, I totally, it connected with me. And so and I think at the end of the day, like, as people, like, we just, we want to connect, you know? Like, as, as much as, like, and I'll, and I'll be the first to admit, like, I'm not, like, a total misanthrope, but, like, I, I try <laughs> to surround myself with people who I think are, who are inspirational and who are... Um, they challenge me to to look at things differently, and they ask questions, and they poke yeah. and they prod, and they um, generate this kind of um, healthy like progression, uh, like just just like for myself and like and for like like you know the world like that. And so um, I do think like again I, I think it is all about like connection, um, but and, and again connection like in a positive. Like I said, like I I'm I, I'm one to admit like I I find it so difficult now to like turn on the TV or just like <laughs> read news stories and it's just this reminder I'm like god like I'm like an optimistic realist is what I call it. I'm yeah. like I hope you know like and I, and I know like I'm optimistic in the sense that like there are good people and I feel like I'm pretty fortunate to have like amazing people in my life yeah. but um realistic enough to be like <laughs> there are a lot of garbage people in the yeah. world and just yeah. garbage situations so just to connect, I guess. Yeah. No, because I, I feel I feel like I've stopped watching TV and have like subjected most of my media to from to YouTube. Yes, because yeah. it's like at least there yeah. I can get both sides and get an understanding yeah. that's not just the negative. It's like, well, this is the negative, but this is what we could be yeah, doing to exactly. change. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I feel like there is there's there's been this just disconnect of of finding solutions. All we've been doing is perpetuating the idea that there's problems. Yeah, versus exactly. Diving into diving the, in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it comes to the poems themselves, um, do you have a poem that defines you as you are now, or who you were? Oh. Um. 
Yeah, I think that there, like, there's one that's been pretty consistent. Um, that kind of defines who I am now. There was a poem I wrote in my um, my first published chat book. Uh, this poem is called I Cicada. And um, I believe that was the one I had heard when you were at the, uh, at, at Cafe. The, at the fair, I sure, almost sure. Have a, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that one for me, like, again, like once I, so I'll be 33 this June. And um, a lot of those poems, like the, the chapbook is called 30. So again, it was just like a collection of poems, like, about me processing a lot of the changes and um, challenges that I experienced like once I turned 30. Like there's just a lot going on in my life. Like I said, like I you know became a dad and I had a huge job change that resulted and it wasn't necessarily like um, it was a job change that had to that occurred because of um, uh, like financial issues at the other institution that I was teaching from and so my job was like on the line and stuff and so the job change um, resulted in like a, um, a huge cut in like in my paycheck and stuff so my wife and I were like really struggling and that put a lot of strain on our relationship and so and then I had this um, deconversion from like I was raised Catholic for like you know how many years and then I finally got to the point where I was like nope like I really just it went like in the opposite direction and so there's so much going on so that was like that that's what that collection was about but there was one poem in particular called Isicada where I feel like it's still it's not um, specific enough to like pinpoint I, so what I'll say is this I feel like as people like we we constantly evolve yeah and what I like about that particular poem is that it signifies or, or it, it discusses change but it doesn't specify what changes like I like I'm I'm like, like specifically going through like at that point in time. Right, it's right. just like, it's me and you know, I would kind of like, you know, if I believe in reincarnation, I would want to come back as a cicada because of this, you know, because they are, um, they're, you know, they're seen as gregarious, but they like the solitude of being underground. Yeah. And, and then when they do come back out, they are transformed and they go into the, like the top of this tree and they just blast their song, <laughs> like regardless of what other people think. Yeah. And, um, and so and I do, I, and also like, I just love cicadas. So that one for me, I think is still kind of, um, even though I may, be diff I may be a different person than I was when I first started writing that poem, right. I still feel like it encapsulates who I am today as a person who is kind of continuously evolving. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. And that's I, that I remember very distinctly, the <laughs> one poem that I heard from you that I was like, okay, yeah, because that was, that was the chat book that I heard. That was the first time I had ever heard you perform. Oh, sure. First time I had ever knew who you were, yeah. which was why introducing myself at that time was so important, because it was like to hear another, you know, and, and not just being another person that was, you know, of different background, nationality, sure. kind yeah. of like me, mixed, yeah. you know, it was like just another poet where I'm like, yo, like, okay, this, yeah. you know, so that was awesome. I appreciate that, because that was definitely, um, it, on that, is there... A topic or a theme that comes up in your work more often than others. Oh sure, um, I think that kind of it's something that just kind of changes. Like, <laughs> I guess like with the time, or not with the times, but like, um, I guess it's 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 dictated by what kind of motivates me or like inspires me. I sure. Guess. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, like with um, the chapter thirty, which is a lot of the stuff I was like currently going through, um, and then too like me really kind of. Um, not being so quiet about who I who I was or right. like my personal beliefs and stuff like that. Um, not to the point where I was like forced on people. I'm like, this is who I am. Like I finally got to a point where I was like, this I'm this is me. I love who I am, and I really don't give a shit. Like what? <laughs> like if people are gonna like be like, eh, I'll be like, whatever, man. Like right. I'm happy with who I am. So there was that. Um, 
And but you know, as, as far as stuff I'm writing like right now, I, I don't feel like I have a lot of um, of those like emotions to like uh, explore right right now. So I guess like now like my stuff has like my ideas or themes have kind of shifted. So like I did again like seeing sounds was more like music oriented. I'm working on a new manuscript right now called Hey Kid, and they're poems written for and inspired by. Um, students in general but like my students inspired me um you know topics and, and difficult topics that um they wanted to read about in a, in a book of poetry and so i'm writing these poems like you know from their perspective but also like from like an adult perspective like looking back um just just like insight and so that you know there's that being inspired by these like this younger generation um which is okay it is absolutely <laughs> and that's the thing is like and like you said you know we're talking about the um there is this right now, this like surge of young people being or be, like showing interest in poetry, yeah. and not only that, but also like having the courage to stand up and read these like super candid poems. And like you said, it's just it's mind blowing um, yes, it because like I remember this was like a couple years ago, and I feel like this is like I mean, and even then like the poetry scene here was just kind of just really kind of starting to like to blossom a little yeah. bit. But I remember going to there was an open mic at Cafea downtown. I was hosted by the public library, and I walked in there and I was just like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like there were, uh, I mean, at least half the crowd, if not a little more, were high school students. Yeah, and I was just like. I couldn't freaking believe it because, and even at that point in time, I was teaching high school and I was like, I mentioned the word poetry in the classroom and it's like the life gets sucked out of the room. And I'm like, here are these young kids and they're getting up there and again, they're talking, they're sharing these poems about their um, their uh, sexual orientation or their feelings about um, you know race and gender and religion. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they are so confident. Yeah. And that to me, again, is like so inspiring. Because I look back and I'm like, damn, like, I wish I had half the confidence that they have when I was that age. Right. Because right. I spent so much time trying to be somebody that I wasn't just to fit in. And I'm just now, like, getting comfortable <laughs> with who I am. So I'm like, I can only imagine where they're going to go from here. You know, it's just, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely is. Um, how would you define poetry if, if somebody asked you to? Sure. Man. <laughs> um, you were boxed into a corner and defined poetry. Ah, um, <laughs> gosh, just like um, I mean, I don't know, like a, a, a collection of words that you find moving. Ah. You know, like just it could be as simple as that. Like I don't, you know, and again, I'm not one to think, you know, to say like I that, that a poem has to look a certain way or right. read a certain way. And right. I know there are people people who do. Um, or they have their, their preferred style and stuff like that. But, right. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it is, it's a collection of words that you find that you feel best um, describes or um, uh, exemplifies an idea that is in your head or right. an emotion in your body or something that you see. You know, it's just, it's, it's a collection of words that you can piece together yeah. that express... Right. That's it. And as I ask that question as much as I can because yeah. it is different for everyone. It is. And that's, you know, because I, I had to ask myself that question not too long ago where I was like, what is poetry? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and and it's something that I feel is so unique to the individual that there is really no definition. No, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, but to know that it can only be defined by the person who's writing it at the time. Yes. You know, and it, to them it, it is, it's a sacred 
thing that to them it, it makes sense how they feel when they express what it means yeah. to them. Yep. And that, and I, you know, and I, feel like I think that's that's what's really important is like, and especially like as a poet, like it's really important. I feel like, like if you are going to consider yourself or call yourself a poet, I think it is it is very important to understand that it is. Um, the importance that that it plays to the the poet themselves. Yeah. So like for example, like there are like there are a handful of poets um, whose stuff like I've read, um, like I don't say like famous poets and yeah. stuff like that. Like you know, and that I've read, I'm just like, eh, like not really my cup of tea. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's not. It doesn't. Um, my opinion doesn't mean that it doesn't hold any value. Right. It doesn't diminish things. Exactly. Yeah. It, it really does not diminish the value of it because it's like, I may not, it may not resonate with me on a certain level or whatever, right. but the person who wrote that, they poured their freaking heart into that. They poured their, like, their entire being into that poem. So it means something. Right. It means something to them and it might mean something to somebody else. Right. Maybe just not me in the way that it meant to them, you know? Right. So it's like, that's what I think is so important is like, at the end of the day, we, we are, we're, we are just, we're, we're, crafting words in, <laughs> into different ways and turning them, I mean, again, it's a very malleable thing. So at the end of the day, I think we have to realize that that's all, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we don't necessarily have to like, like it, but we have to, I think it's important to respect it. Right. Right. Respect it. Yeah. You can't like it, no. but you should <laughs> respect it. That's, yes. How else could, you can't say it any other way. Um, at your age now. 33. Well, about to be 33. Um, what perspective or insight do you feel your work brings to your audience? Oh, sure. Um, I think, like, for me, especially the stuff I've been writing about right now, um, the perspective is, uh, there's some uh, a perspective about, about race. Sure. Um, and uh, some perspective about... Um, religion yeah um overall i think like there's some perspective about acceptance too like this idea of um or just like understanding and empathy like the idea that you know you are going to come across people who you completely disagree with um but by simply by by listening to them just hearing what they have to say does not mean that you necessarily have to agree with them or you're like abandoning your thoughts and beliefs so um yeah i feel like i yeah i definitely like race um and I too, I think one thing I guess is just like, just almost like abstract perspective. But again, the idea we talked about on like like observations, you know, yeah. just trying to be a little open to like the things around you. Um, but yeah, for a while there, I was really interested um, about race because I think for me it was something that I was discovering myself. Because like, so like I'm a mixed race. Like my dad is from the Dominican, uh, Dominican Republic, and my mom is from Iowa. So she's like, she's like German, French. Um, my dad is a Dominican and um, Italian by way of Christopher Columbus. So that was like, and like my ancestors were the Tano Arawak people, the first ones to encounter Christopher Columbus. So that's, wow. why, that's why people are like, like, oh, it, uh, Pastrano, is that Italian? Well, you don't look Italian. I'm like, well, let me tell you a little story. <laughs> Christopher Columbus comes over and they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Um, but so and so that and, and then too that like my parents got divorced when I was five yeah. and I was raised by my mom, a single white mom. Right. And so that whole like Dominican heritage was something that like I never really experienced. Man. And so what was weird is like I'd be with like my family, like my mom's side of the family who are all white. Right. And I just was this kid and, and there was no discussion about it or anything. And um, but it was it was so weird because yeah, like I was I fit in there and then I would go out in public 
and I, I would quickly be reminded, um, not all the time, but sometimes, that I was different. Like, you know, my first encounter with any kind of racial commentary was when I was five and in kindergarten. And that, for me, I was like, I just didn't get it. Like, right. the, the, what this kid said to me, I was like... Didn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm like, why can't I play with you? You know, and this is, this is, we don't need no black kids here and blah, blah. I'm like, what? Like, I've never been told I couldn't play anywhere because of what I look like, you know? Right. Um, and so it was it was hard. Um, and it was, you know, like years of just trying to, like, <laughs> figure this stuff out and process it. Um, and so then, yeah, there was, like, that. I had, like, a lot of poems about that for a while, so... It's interesting to hear that too, because I feel being the same. My, my father left when I was about three years old, and sure. parents in separation, and I, I had the same kind of difficulty navigating who I was, trying to understand yeah. that with the, a mother who, as best as she could, trying to make, trying to help me realize that I am no different. Yes. Even though the world around me is going to try and yes. tell me differently. Yes. You know, exactly. and then that conflict and the whole thing. So it's. Um, it's refreshing to hear that from somebody else. <laughs> Likewise, it really seriously, is. it's like somebody who gets yeah, it. Like, like yes, like that connection okay. alone is beautiful. Yeah, I can it's right it. now I'm having the same feeling that I had when I, I took. So my wife is white. Okay, and I'm having yes. the same feeling that I had when we went and saw Get Out. Yeah. And she was, <laughs> she was like. Oh, and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you get it. Yeah, like, okay, you understand You now. get it. And, like, she always, like, she uh, did in the past, but then it was like, oh, wow. And even, like, the people around us watching it, too, I was, like, fucking around. Like, okay, thank you. <laughs> like, I you do have to, I have to appreciate that man for putting that movie together because <laughs> right? it was, it was great. Yeah. The way I was like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> um, how honest do you get with your audience? Oh, um... I would say I've gotten comfortable, but yeah. like much more comfortable than I have been in the past. Right. Um, and so I get as I get as honest as like I, I treat the audience like as I would like a, a close friend. Okay. Um, I feel like everybody, regardless, like people say like, I don't care. I'm I'm so open. Blah blah blah. It's like eh. I think we all keep some stuff to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that it takes some time to work up to those more difficult things or difficult topics and stuff um i would say you know like with like i said with my my like deconversion like when i was like 30 like i completely um like i said i was raised catholic and then had this and even and then after i graduated high school it was like kind of uh, you know that lot of questioning which i which i thought was really good yeah um and it is i think questioning is good and my my theory is like um question and doubt as long as you seek some kind of truth, because right. um, if you're not, then you're you're not making any headway. You're just sitting around saying this is dumb, this is dumb, but you're not finding any answers. So right. it's like I did a lot of questioning, a lot of doubting, and a lot of searching for answers, and then finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? Um, I think I I would at that point in time like identified as like atheist, and so and it was it was scary for me to say out loud because it was like one of those things where um, if I said it out loud, then it was like real. Like, right. I, it was like a thought in my head, but right. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to it verbally. Right. And so then I did. Um, and then I was like, and I, when it came, when I said that a lot, I was like, okay. Like, I feel okay with this, actually. Like, it's not, not as scary as I thought, yeah. but I'm still going to continue to search, you know? Right. Um, and so then that was a situation where it was such a huge change for me. And I was like, I need to write about this because I'm still processing all these emotions and thoughts about why I, I, why I believe this now or why I don't believe now. Right. So I wrote a lot of poems. And then the, as far as like being open about these poems, then I was like, okay, crap, do I want to share these poems? Um, 
I'm like, you know, I don't, they, that was one of the biggest, one of the bigger things that happened in my life at that time. And so when I was putting 30 together, I was like, it was mostly, do I want to include these poems? Um, I was okay with them, but I knew that a lot of my family was going to be reading them. And that's where I really got nervous. Yeah. And, um. At the end of the day, again, I was just kind of like, you know what? Like, but who am I writing this for? Right. Like, if I can't, if I can't be who I am, even around my family, then that's that's not that's not cool at all. Right. Um, right. And then too, I said a trust in the fact that like my family would love me regardless, you know. And and we may again the idea of like the empathy and observation, like we may not agree on certain things, but that doesn't that does not mean that I do not love them or do not respect their beliefs because I totally do. Right. I just might believe in something different. Yeah. Um, and so it was. I had this moment, like you know, I, I'm really close to my mom, and I told her I sat down. I was like, all right, so here's you know here's this poem. She read it. She was like, okay, you know, I, I could tell she was she was yeah she was like. And I was like no, and I you know I had to explain a little bit. And she's like no, I understand. She's like it's just it's hard to hear that you know, and especially knowing like how you were raised and I'm like I know and so but again it, it but this is what was so awesome about it is that it was difficult for her although it was difficult for her to to read and to accept yeah. it sparked a conversation it sparked a discussion and a very a very candid and a very calm discussion and um, that ended in like a hug and support you know and so it's just one of those things where I was like I, you know and I might have aunts and uncles who are like oh sure but that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. but um but uh, but yeah, that was for me was like okay, I can do this, and I know they're gonna read it, and I had prefaced it too with like you know like hey like if you have questions or like if you want to talk to me about this like talk to me about it like yeah. I'm not this isn't some like super crazy taboo thing like I think we need to talk about difficult issues because we've just we the more that we ignore it the more the the, the, the we we de evolve you know so I'm like. Let's talk about it. I'm not trying to like puff up my chest and like challenge you or anything, but I'm just saying let's just talk. Have the conversation. Exactly. See where it yeah. goes. Yeah. So that was like, you know, that was probably the most open that I got. And even there was a poem in there too about like my wife and I, it was like I said, we had a lot of stress in our household financially and then with, you know, like with our son and stuff like that, just trying to be like new parents. And so our relationship really did. Um, it took a couple blows and you know we were just like I didn't, we didn't know if we were gonna make it and we're watching all of our friends you know not all of our friends but a lot of close friends around us getting divorces and it just was like it was scary and and the thing that you know we kept going back to this idea that like you know let's just talk like as difficult as it might be we need to be honest we need to talk and we did and that's what really like saved things you know like and things are so much better now but yeah I mean there was that was that book 30 was probably like the most open I think I've ever been about anything um so <laughs> I don't know if I mean chance maybe I'll go back to that some point in time but right now I'm like I feel I, I, I did a lot of like <laughs> with that one <laughs> so now I'm like alright I'm just yeah. like build back up again and then I'm sure it'll come right. out again later but um getting into the honesty test yeah. in this theory um what age do you think you were if you could remember when the realization of I need to start questioning the things around me 
oh, sure. happened. Yeah. I know for me, it was about 10 years old. I was raised non-denominational Christian. Sure. And I know 10 years old was the day, my age, that I was like, okay, nope, I need to find something else. And I went science and I found some other stuff. Yeah. Yep. What was uh, what was yours? I was later in the game, man. Like I said, it was I was I went to Catholic school from like kindergarten to senior year of high school. And it was this, you know, I found a, I found comfort in it. Yeah. And but it was that idea of like, you know, every you know we had we had religion classes and stuff it was like hey this is what we believe in as catholics so believe it yeah. and i was a kid so i was like okay and it was like the 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 significance was kind of lost on me because it's like with especially with with catholicism it's you know tradition like a capital t it's a lot of like recitation and the more you recite things the less meaning it holds sometimes so like i was i you know i considered myself a catholic but like when i would like, recite prayers in mass was i actually like was I really meaning the things I was saying or was I just was it just like automatic programming was it like was it like Pavlov you know like the <laughs> bell rings and my tongue starts you know like salivating twice seriously today. really that's so weird <laughs> but I mean that's how it kind of was yeah, yeah. um and so then it wasn't until my freshman year of college because yeah. I was like you know I I would say this like there were certain things it's probably in high school where I, re- I kind of started like um thinking a little differently yeah. because I was so my again I was raised Catholic but my mom was she had more of like a liberal outlook on it you know especially with certain things with, with the church this idea that you know like especially with um, like homosexuality and stuff like that right. and so you know I we you know she we, we talked about it and it was like I never thought that like you know the fire and damnation like you I, I was always like you know you were born that way like how can you help that like right, right. so that you know there was that like I was always taught to be open and welcoming and welcoming and, and accepting of, of, of everybody it's awesome um, and so yes yeah, so I really like appreciate that and so seriously so I was like c- compared to some <laughs> friends um, pretty like pretty liberal um, they were I mean I remember hearing on the bus like kids were like oh I would vote for this president because they're they're um, pro-life and I'm like and that's it and they're like yes and then and again so like senior year I was like what the hell's wrong with you like that's the one thing like right, just that, that you're gonna take into just that just that but um freshman year of college so again 12 <laughs> years or yeah 12 years of Catholic school yeah. and then I went to a four-year liberal arts school okay first semester I took a philosophy class introduction to philosophy my mind. <laughs> like, I remember getting in there, I'm like, alright, and the professor's like, alright, so we're gonna read uh, Bergson's Introduction to Metaphysics, and we're going to read Descartes, and we're going to read St. Thomas Aquinas, and I'm like, okay, and I remember, like, we getting into some super heady discussions, and yeah. then, like, I'm realizing, well, shit, this kid's a Lutheran, but this kid's agnostic, that kid is atheist, and this person over here is, like, talking about, I don't know what they're talking about, yeah. and so then I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then it was the idea of like, you know, I think I really need to, and it was almost like this this light bulb flipped on. I was like, I think now it's time for me to compile everything that I was taught or told to believe, and I need to like reevaluate and think about what works best for me. Because, I mean, I guess people have different opinions. I would say like, I'm... I almost said I'm in control because really like nobody's really in control of anything. But I was like, I, you know what I mean? But like, but I was like, for so long I had been told to believe this, and so I did. But now it's like, what works for me? What makes sense right. to me? What do I believe? Exactly. Like yeah. this, I became very like very self-aware, and I was like, okay, this is cool. And so it was um, difficult because it, you know, again, it's tricky yeah. because it's the idea of of leaving something familiar. You yeah. know, like I said, that's what was so difficult for me yeah. to like. To verbally say like I don't believe in this anymore because for how many years it's it's you know it's you're attached to it yes yeah. um, 
And so little by little, you know, and, and so uh, a buddy of mine here in town, Dempsey Tabley, he um, made this uh, docu-series um, called Eternal Confidence. I'm so stoked to yeah, watch dude, that. Yeah, dude, it's so yeah. good, yeah. And so that was part of it was, like, he kind of talks about, like, um, what your faith journey was like. And so yeah. he, I was one of the people that he interviewed, and like I said, for me, it was very much like a... Um, Catholicism became like I almost viewed it as like a buffet. Yeah. And what would happen is like over the years, I would know I would um I would pick and choose certain things. I'm like, okay, well I believe this about Catholicism, yeah. but I don't believe in that. So I'm not gonna take that and not not gonna put that on my plate and so on and so forth. And then the older that I got and the more that I really analyzed what I believed or what I what, what the faith represented to me, yeah. the less stuff I was taking from the buffet line, right. so to say. And so then um so that's what it ended up being. So, but yeah, that was, uh, I don't remember what the question was. No, so <laughs> we just it, got down that About that age, I know. About that age. But no, it's, it's, so it, you would say that oh, yes. the, the age that you were yes. was probably about as you got into. As I got into college. Man. Yeah. Senior year, college, freshman year of college. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. That's not a question I get to ask very many people. Sure. And knowing kind of, because that is, that, that honesty with myself is what, forced me to look at that thing differently mm -hmm. and I had gone through so much up to about the age of 10 where it was like weirdly enough being 10 and being aware enough to say okay I need to see something different yeah you know it was it was one of those things where I I, I realized at a young age that I was very different from the people I was around sure you yeah. know but then finally kind of coming into my age and, and connecting with people who I found who were on that journey, sure, who yeah. did have that journey. Yep. It's always been like that exact same thing. That like once I found philosophy, yes, my world was <laughs> what? Like yeah. what is life? Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of Alan Watts. I imagine if you get a yes. chance, Alan yeah. Watts, you probably have. Um, definitely one of the first, not first, but like one of the forefronts of people who in just the idea of philosophy who's spoken about the things in what the way we see society and everything sure. kind of opened my mind to that Absolutely. and even at a, I didn't find him till like I was much older sure yeah know? but it was like shit yes like, you're you're like yes this. okay finally something like like a name to yes. identify yes. like yes Very yeah, much absolutely so. I felt that way with um, uh, Albert Camus um, who wrote like The Stranger um, and The Plague and stuff like that mm. and so he was um he was kind of like like an absurdist, and like well, and that's how he like people like oftentimes like identified him as a um, existentialist. But he was like, no, he's like I'm an absurdist, and it was like the idea that like, and it sounds it sounds like very like negative, but he, it was the idea that like there's there is there really is no meaning to life, sure. and that doesn't mean that it's that it's negative and that it's bleak and that we should commit suicide or like right, that. Right, right. Um, but it was that the idea is that. Um, nothing has meaning we apply meaning to it to help it make sense and so that so like that for me like when i started really reading some more of his philosophy i was like oh like that's so this whole time i've been thinking this like you know yeah we just we apply meaning when people say you know well god makes things happen for a reason or or this these things happen for a reason blah blah i'm like okay it's not like it's i i would think that it's more of like us applying meaning to these events to help us cope to help us make sense of it all help us make so, sense of the odds exactly well, and that's the thing because I feel like we are like, as, as people like we hate not knowing we hate not knowing and um Despise. exactly yeah and I think that's so interesting it's like our our, or, um, our inability to accept that um <laughs> because yeah. we just we like to know you control freaks <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you for diving down that hole. Yeah, no, no that problem. Was, that was great. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't get the chance, but that was, uh, that's one of those. Um, let's see. There's the question that I like to ask in, in kind of closing and conclusion, because sure. this isn't just about me. This is the Society of Poets. This is meant to be open to people who are looking to either become poets, um, who are poets at heart, but don't know how to reach out and get sure. there. It, per our conversation about helping and extending that. Yeah. Um, what are some tips that you use yourself to overcome self-scrutiny, self-doubt, when writing anything, when putting it down? How, sure. how do you leap those hurdles? It is, I think that we are our toughest critics. Yeah. Um, we, we, we do, as people, like we, kind of, we tend to self-destruct sometimes. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's, again, one of those easier said than done things, but... Um, like I said, like I'm one who I, I try not to really like delete stuff um, because it's not. I know like I've written my again I've written my fair share of just stuff that's like kind of blah or even that's like that, that negative kind of like commentary. But maybe if I revisit it, maybe I can look at it from a different viewpoint because things have kind of passed a little bit. But um, I would say one thing is just is just be patient with yourself. Um, you know, we we are taught so many times to be patient with other people, and I think that's really important. But then. I feel like there's this we oftentimes overlook ourselves this like self-care you know yeah i think it's important to be patient with yourself because um you people will most likely like you you might come to a to a situation where you're like you have all these emotions and you're like or you, you have this idea and you're like i need to get it out but you're having like the most difficult time trying to get it out yeah now that doesn't mean that it wasn't meant to be it doesn't mean that that you're not supposed to write about it or that you can't write about it it just means that maybe you need to be patient with yourself let the ideas process exactly and then it will eventually come out um so i think patience is a big one um and then two just um editing and revising you know like just get the ideas down that's my, my my thing is like because especially for me too like i I, if I don't write it down immediately or type it up somewhere, like I will forget it, and then I'll be kicking myself in the ass the rest of the day because I'll think it's such a good idea. And even if it's not a good idea, maybe it could have been. You know, right. and I forgot it about it. Been. So, um, so yeah. So patience, and then just just write it down, get it all down, and then go back and then revise, yeah. edit, and then you know shape it, mold it, do whatever you need to do with it. So nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, before we conclude. Do you have any work, poetry that you would like to share? Something that you're up for it? Oh, it's up sure. to it. it, it and, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, no, but no. I leave that open. Um, yeah, I'll do. I have, um, I have one here on my phone. Okay, right. uh, it's one that I haven't read in a while. Um, but it was. Uh, let me see if I have it here. Yeah, it was one that was uh, important to me in kind of defining who I was. Right. Uh, it was um, one called, oh, I got low battery now. Ah, I know, right? Let me see. Uh, we have self-charging watches that work on movement. Why don't we have <laughs> cell phones that do the same? Where, where's the technology? Um, <laughs> let me see if I can find it here. Um, so it was, uh, it was one called In Betweener. Let me see if I can find it here real okay. quick. Um, but I was really inspired by, uh, 
I was teaching uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Here we go. Oh, nice. And all right, yeah. So I was teaching To Kill a Mockingbird, and was, um, there was a quote in the book that stood out to me mm. and fit this poem. So uh, it starts off with a quote from To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So there's some language in it. So, uh, Jam, I asked, what's a mixed child? Half white, half colored. You've seen him, Scout. They're real sad. Sad how come? They don't belong anywhere. Colored folks won't have them because they're half white. White folks won't have them because they're colored. So they're just in-betweens. Don't belong anywhere. That's Jem Jem Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. That's powerful. To some, I'm an in-betweener. Beleaguered by a year round brown bound to me at birth. But my worth ain't dictated by your machine gun sentences, sentencing us to social displacement and ripping through tawny flesh like a whip-lashing tongue. I, I'm a pragmatic pariah, prying the mouth of this motherfucker wide open, sticking my head in, screaming incantations and waiting for the echo of my words. They boomerang, banging round the biased, busting asses, then ricochet through stained glass, shattering technicolor stereotypes. So get hyped, stay hyped. Cause this shit ain't over. I've been denied my stripes cause I'm too black and too white for the liking of those frozen and rudimentary forms. But you see, they're scared of me and others like me cause we fuck up the paradigm and clothesline ignorance in a racially fueled game of Red Rover. So come over, come over, and we'll explain our place at the table. A diversified world full of unnecessary labels. Man. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Thank you. That's, uh, again, that's one of those things that resonates with me so well that to hear that from somebody else in, in poetry form is just, it's, it's like a, ah, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I appreciate you so much for being here and having this conversation. Thank again, you, this is it, one of those things that I, I feel is so necessary just on what poetry is and how it has such an impact for getting these messages out, getting these ideas out, helping us just rewrite kind of the status quo that we've been so comfortable yeah. with believing in and, you know, again, challenging the belief, you know, because that, that I feel is almost the basis of, of itself, you know, we write poetry for ourselves to challenge our own thoughts about Absolutely. what we believe and then it evolves from that. Now it's, now we're questioning society, now we're questioning the establishment, all of that, yep. you know, and we shouldn't have any concern about it. It should be a positive uh, support when it comes to those who are questioning. Mm -hmm. There Absolutely, should be man. more support system for people who question. So yes, exactly. I do appreciate this. Um, uh, Xavier, I, I don't know your last name. Pastrano. Right? Pastrano. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know what? You did. No, you did no. Pastrano. So Xavier Pastrano uh, came through. This is, uh, again, another daily grind. The Society of Poets having a great conversation about poetry and its impact in society. I'm going to say it over and over and over again until it gets bored or until it's drilled in the back of your head because it's, <laughs> it's, it's essential. It needs to be here. Um, for everybody who's listened thus far, I appreciate you guys. Um, Xavier, do you have any places things that people can reach you sure yeah um so i have uh xp poetry um it's a facebook page um i did have a web a website but i took <clears> it down for now it's just kind of put my finances somewhere else but i'm definitely i'm on uh i'm on uh facebook um and that's where i really kind of like, you know update about events and stuff so next event is going to be may 17th at barnes noble i'm having my first uh book launch um for seeing sounds so that's and that's the one with you and sweeney and uh uh, so uh, this one, well, so that Robert like helped out with the publication of this one. Oh, nice! Um, but this one, yeah, this one is just me. So it's um, well, it's me and Selena Vargas. She's gonna be reading as well. Gotcha. Um, 
but uh, this is like my first like real like published book where it's like, I mean you can order it like on barnesandnoble.com right. it's, it's actually like on the shelves in Barnes and Noble you can get it on Amazon so this is like a, a big milestone for me so, nice yeah. well best of luck to you and I don't so want to say sir. luck you've already been no, making no, it happen <laughs> it's, it's a good thing um, again if you guys have been reaching looking out seeing what's been happening uh, the daily grind check us out uh, reach me on Facebook Instagram if you have any questions and want to continue the conversation you can reach Xavier because I'm sure he'd be willing to talk to you uh, you can reach out to me uh, 88 industries industries 88 that's industries 80.8 at gmail.com let's talk let's have the conversation uh, again if you guys want to help support this cause uh, become a supporter throw in uh, some support some whatever you can you know we're just trying to make this a thing and and extend this reach out beyond just the Midwest and maybe even just beyond uh, the United States let's start getting international with this thing um, thank you guys for listening thus far appreciate you guys so much peace <laughs>